Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Well, I tell you, God picked you and I to be here for such a time as this. Could have picked anybody, but he didn't. Picked us to be here for such a time as this. Why? Well, because he wants us to represent him in the earth. Because, you know, time, like I said, time's winding down. It's, it could happen every, any day now. But how many of you know that God wants as many as can be that will choose uh, to uh, uh, redeem themselves back to God again. And uh, because we, we don't want to leave, we really don't want to leave anybody here. We really don't. And so, uh, you know, I know that uh, God's keeping the window open just a little bit longer. Maybe it's the one that you rub shoulders with every day. So don't, don't let up on them. Let them know God loves them. Praise God has a good plan for their lives. Amen. And, uh, uh, you know, if we were that one, thank God that he'd leave that window open, that door open to us. But uh, I tell you, God uh, desires people to turn their lives over to him. You know, really... In doing this series, Good is New, about it's about restoration. And when you think something that's truly restored to like brand new, that's great, but we talked about there's different levels of restoration. There's even going beyond what it was brand new. You say, well, how can that be by uh, adding extra things that wasn't included? Did you ever buy a vehicle and you, you thought, man, I wish they would have just done this to it or that to it or something, you know, just a little bit more to it. Well, I tell you, God never leaves anything out. So, but if we say, if we look at restoration uh, back to a, the, the, the best place we were ever at in our life, I mean, that might be great, but look before Christ, our B.C. days. You know, e even, even the best that it was is not where God wants to, wants to take us to and wants to do in our lives. So we can't go back to, say, restore us back to where we were at at, at some of those times. Restoration is good if, if you, were, you begin to serve God and, and uh, God began to work and move in your life and then you went your way. Yeah, you want to be restored at least to that place. But see, God's a God that wants to take us beyond. He's not limited at all. But if we try to look back and say, well, the best that we could figure is being restored to when we first accepted Jesus or shortly after that or whatever, but God wants to go far beyond that. There was nothing, even our, our best days before we accepted Jesus, uh, is nowhere close to where God wants to take us. So God not wants, doesn't want to just restore us back to good, but he wants to restore us to himself. When we speak of being restored to Christ or to the Father, we're, there's no limits there because God's not limited, right? 
There's no limits with him. If we're restored to him to say, God, take us and do what you want to do in our lives, then there's no limits there. So there's, how many of you know, there's places that God wants to take us that none of us in this room have ever been yet. I'm not just talking about, I'm not talking about glory. I'm talking about things in our lives. Things relationship-wise, things physical-wise, things uh, uh, all across the spectrum, emotionally and everything. God wants to bring a level of restoration to us that we've never even experienced. So my desire in this series that you would begin to grasp a hold of and say, God, you have more. You know, sometimes we think, well, if we could just get back to the good old days or get back to what it was good. No, we don't want to just go to there. God has much more than that for us. We're putting God in a box, so to speak, if we do that. If we just say, well, you know, to this point, because God has much more for us. Things that we haven't seen, things that we haven't experienced, places we haven't walked yet. Because there's no limits with God. We only limit ourselves. Because sometimes we say, well, I don't know about that. Well, I, you know, that because sometimes we go off of, of, of what we know. We, we go off of, of, of things that we, that we did or places that we went or uh, 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 times in our life where we were at. But no, see, God wants to do far more than that. He wants to do far more than that, praise God. I said God wants to do far more than that, than more than we could ask or imagine. Isn't it amazing that Scripture tells us that uh, God's going to prepare a, uh, Jesus left to go to prepare a place for us that it hasn't even enter, enter, entered into our heart yet, the things that God's prepared for those that love him. And to think that, that there's things that uh, we haven't never experienced in that means that there's a lot more. So I, I would ask that you just, you know, just stir yourself up on the inside to know that, you know what, uh, this is not the end of the road. This is not even close. You know, it's real easy in life sometimes to kind of let life kind of put you into a box, so to speak, and say, well, this is probably the best I'll ever do, the best I'll ever see. But you know, God has much more. I said God has much more. And regardless of what situations have, have slapped you up alongside the head or over the head or anything else to try to knock you down or keep you back or keep you down, I'm telling you, that's not the end of the road. God has much more. Is there a part that we have to play in that? Absolutely. Certainly there is. That part is that we are to pursue God. That part is that we are to stir ourselves up in God because it's through Him. It's not through us. It's not through things. It's not through others that we'll get to where we need to get. It's through God. It's through spending the time in His presence. It's through seeking Him first and then letting Him add these other things to us. It's it's, Lord, your plans for my life. I, I desire them. I'm not going to be satisfied until I begin to step into them. And so there's a part that we have to play in it. 
We can't go just through life just saying, well, you know, God, whatever you want for me, I guess, you know, just let, me, you know, let it rain on me, let it, let it fall on me, let me. No, God says that there's a part that we step into, that we pursue, because, see, God gave us each a will to choose. He gave us a chooser. He gave us choices to make. And if we choose to seek Him, if we choose to say, God, I want you into my life, how, how would you... Let me say it like this. Have you ever tried to force your way into someone's life or someone's tried to force their way into your life? Or is, there, uh, um, is it better that you begin to cultivate a relationship with that person and in that, that relationship deepens, it grows closer to and closer together, you draw closer together because of that spending the time corporately together. So with God, he's not going to force himself into our lives. He's not going to just invade us without our permission. But when we desire him, when we seek after him, when we go after him, then he has the, the right then to bring into our lives the things that we need and sometimes the things we don't even see that and know that we need. I mean, there's things in our life we have no idea that we need or, or places that we need to go that we, we didn't even know that we needed to do it. But God has so much more, but we have to be very careful that we don't limit God and say, no, I'm satisfied with where I'm at. Many people, and even Christians today, are satisfied with where they're at, and they haven't even, it isn't even a speck compared to what God wants to do. You know, you think about sometimes with food, uh, you uh, sometimes you experience something new and something delicious and you've never tried it before and was reluctant about it and then afterwards it was like you couldn't get enough of it. You ever been there? But you never, you know, it was that getting over the reluctancy of trying it and then once you did it was like, man, where have you been all my life? And, but being open, we had to be open for more. So much of the time, we think, in a, in, in a sense, we may not say it, but by our actions, we think we've arrived. And, and we, there's, folks, I'm telling you, we, we're not even close. I'm asking you to take the limits off and begin to desire everything that God has for you. Hallelujah. Let him begin to restore to you things that you've never experienced before in your life. See, if we've never experienced some of those things, we don't know what they look like. We don't know what they smell like, taste like. We don't, if we've never experienced it, we don't know, have anything to compare it to. And so we limit ourselves sometimes by not just opening up and saying, hey, bring it on. Because sometimes we let what has happened in the past begin to hold us back. Maybe relational-wise. Maybe uh, someone or something that happened and we think, well, okay, I'm not going to put myself out there again because I know what happened. Whoopie-doo. Didn't kill you? You, you? you may have experienced a lot of hurt in it because, and a lot of it might have been that you kept the hurt going yourself. I'm just being honest because I know how we are as humans sometimes. 
But I'm telling you, God wants to uh, uh, make that not even, not even recognizable in our past because of the good that he wants to bring our way if we'll be open to it. But again, like I said, there's a part that we have to play in it. You know, you, you think, you know, God, God has, has so much that we have no clue about. We've, like I said, because we've never experienced it, we don't know what it looks like, we don't know what, uh, you know, what's available. Psalms 23, everybody knows that one, right? Psalms 23 and, and verse 3, he refreshes and restores my life. He refreshes and restores my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his namesake. So he refreshes and he restores my life. My life. Everybody say my life. He refreshes. Say it. He refreshes and restores my life. Yeah, it's good to see it happen in someone else's life, but we want to see it happen in our life, right? Well, guess what? He does. He restores. Now, I remind you, this was under the Old Covenant. This is in the Old Testament, right? And he came to not to do away with the Old Covenant, but establish it upon better promises. And then he established the New Covenant, praise God, that is far better, praise God, because it's not governed by the law. It's governed by his love and his grace. And so now, if he restored under the Old Testament, now, now this was, this was uh, um, in the Old Testament, we talked about how this was God's plan to restore mankind. That was his heart. We see that because we see a whole lot more about restoration in the Old Covenant and the Old Testament than we do in the New Testament. Why is that? Because the Old Testament was, was showing, was a, was a sight to behold of the restoration that God wanted to do in people. But then we move into the New Covenant, and what's happened? God says, I have restored. Now, it's, he's restored us, and it's up to us, though, to receive it. It's already been done. The restoration's already been done. The project has already been taking place. And it's up to us to receive that restoration. So it's a restoration of what? A restoration of him. It's not about us. It's a restoration of who he is and what he's available, has available to us. The restoration that God, uh, the God of more than enough, the restoration of the God that's over all, the name that's above every name, the, 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 our God that rules above everything, that created everything, and, and there's no end to him. Restoring it into him, restoring it into what he has to offer. Restoring us, God says, I, want, I have restored to you. When we accepted Jesus, what happened? We didn't, we didn't just receive some help to fix some problems. We received the problem solver himself. We received God himself in our hearts, praise God. Everything that God is now abides in us. So we have been restored, and it's up to us now to walk in it and to take what he's given to us. 
We don't have to say any longer, God, restore to me this or that. We just say, thank you, Lord. You have restored. I just receive it. Hallelujah. Amen. So he's restored things to us that, that, that we don't even know we need yet. Hallelujah. All right, let's everybody do this. Lay your hands right here on the inside. So God lives in. If, you, if you've accepted Jesus, your Lord and Savior, God lives on the inside. So right here where you're laying your hands, on the inside of mankind, God dwells and lives. In On the inside is every bit of restoration that you could possibly ever need is right there for you to walk in. <laughs> it's not up in heaven. It's not out there someplace. It's right here because God's right here. Hallelujah. So what's the problem? Because we get the looking at, uh, up here and things around us instead of looking, God, you're the great restorer. You live on the inside. Yes, have your way in my life. Have your way in my heart. Do what you want to do in me. Hallelujah. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get to that place of restoration. I'll, I'll get myself there. No, you won't. You don't have the ability to do it. But you have the ability to receive the restoration that's on the inside of you. And let that be, let God be God in you and just let him loose. Turn him loose on the inside. Yeah, but I don't want to turn loose. Well, if you don't want to turn loose of that, then God's not going to force his, his way on you. Restoration is not going to take place. You've got to lay those things down. You've got to let it go. Yeah, but you don't understand. I don't have to understand. God understands. And he's bigger than all that. He's seen, he knows more about that situation or those situations than you do. Hallelujah. So just let it go. And let the restoration process take place. Just say, God, just have your way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not going to happen. God's not going to make you do it. You and I do it. He's not going to make us make it take place in us. It's up to us. Say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Go ahead. Restore. Do what you do best, Lord. Hallelujah. You're in me. You're the greater one in me. Praise God. See, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, what we talked about a few weeks ago, we've been made a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what happened when Jesus came on the inside. He made all things new. God's restored us, but we keep holding on to those things. I... I I'm not getting any amens here this morning. What's, what's up with that? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, at least we can say, oh, me, right? Because sometimes we, yeah, we hold on to those things and don't want to turn them loose and wonder why we're not at a higher place than what we are because we are holding back the tide of God's goodness. 
we're holding back the things that God has for us. And it's time that we turn loose and just say, God, just have your way. Just have your way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Have your way in me. Do what you want to do. Praise God. Amen. God's a good God. Hallelujah. Turn over to Daniel, the sixth chapter. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 6. And look at verse 27. The original translation in this reads, He delivereth and restoreth. Now this was Daniel. You remember, the res- the, the, this word rescue is a part of the word restore. It's When God restores things to you, it's whatever you need to get to where you need to be. So we have a, an account here of Daniel being thrown into the lion's den because he prayed and he wouldn't change that any. The king made a decree. He was going to have to go into the lion's den because he violated that. He wouldn't change his, 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 his pattern of life, his ways. Well, praise God he didn't. And then, he, then, then this comment is he delivereth and he rescued. He rescued him in that situation. But this res- word rescue comes out of the word restore. Because guess what? God wasn't done with Daniel yet. Rescue, he, he rescued him out of that situation with the lion's den. But what did he do? He restored him. Uh, look, look at verse... Uh, um, so if we read that, he delivereth and rescue or restored, he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions, verse 28. So this Daniel prospered, see here's this restoration, prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Sirius the, uh, uh, Cyrus the Persian. So... Daniel was rescued out of a situation, but ultimately he knew God was his restorer. You know, being rescued from things is great, but God says that's just one account. Might be one here or one there, but when you're restored, it affects our whole being. To bring us, it brings us to a different place in life. Because Daniel would not, he had his part to play in this, is he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't turn. But it's just because man made a rule, made a law here that you couldn't do that. This was something that was in Daniel's heart. He had a, he he was he was not going to stop his spending his time in prayer before God. He wasn't going to spend. He wasn't going to stop that, because that was something that was a part of him. That was a part of his relationship with God. It, the best that they could have under the old covenant. And, and to, to Daniel, this was very important. And so man come in there and, and made some laws and, and, and tried to take him out. But what did God do? He not only, he not only uh, uh, saved him from that situation, delivered him, but he restored him because he wouldn't bow, just kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? He delivered them, but he restored to them because they wouldn't bow. Because Daniel wouldn't give in to man's laws. God restored to him. See, in today's time, it's real easy to want to be coerced into 
following after man after doing this and that. God delivers us from that. But not only that, he wants to restore to us greatness. He wants to restore. He's already done it, but he wants to show himself strong in those areas. So, so, what, so, so I guess the question here today with everyone that's here is where are you at in your life? What do you need restored? What have you been through that has, maybe it's your joy, maybe your joy's been stolen. Maybe your health's been stolen. Maybe a relationship's been stolen. Maybe finances has been stolen. God says, I want to restore all that. I have, I have provided everything you need for total restoration, not to get you to where you were, but far beyond that. Because how many of you know, things that happen, especially relational, sometimes those things can go really deep and hurt really a lot. And you think you can never get through that. Well, but we serve a big God. He's already paid the price. He went through it. You, you, don't ever forget, he went through it for us. He felt every pain that we would ever feel. In regards of what situation it is that would come away, come to your life, God's already been there. He's already walked the walk. He's already took it. He bore that on himself so that you and I wouldn't have to. So you're saying, why are you saying I just forget it? No. I'm saying you received restoration. Let God heal the wounds. Let God restore. Let God do what God does that you can't do or someone else can't do. You know, we can go, we can go through situations like that, and we can go, thank God for wisdom that God gives man for therapy and different things like that to help uh, people get through situations. But I'll tell you what, there's no greater therapist than God himself because he knows things that you and I don't know. And he knows how to take care of that. And so that it is not a bad memory in your life, but that God begins to turn it around. Is that possible? Absolutely it's possible because God's a restoring God. He's not just a delivering God. He's a restoring God. I said God is a restoring God. Hallelujah. Amen? Restoration. God takes this restoration thing very serious. More so than what we do. Because sometimes we kind of can flippantly use that term as, well, you know, yeah, God will restore. Well, we don't understand. The reason it's very serious to God because He sees what restoration looks like. We don't, we can't see that. We don't know what that looks like. That's where trust comes in. That's where we say, God, you've restored me. You're on the inside. Now go ahead and do what you do best. Praise God, and give Him the permission to do it. Let Him do it. Now there might be some things that's required of you in the midst of it that He asks you to do that you may not want to do but you're going to have to be obedient to do it. Hallelujah. There might be some things that he asks you to do that it kind of opens those wounds up again, but trust God, he knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. God wants to restore. He's already done it, but he wants to bring the, the, the total manifestation of restoration to the process of it in our lives, but he needs our permission. Hallelujah.
He takes it very serious. It's very serious to God. Let's go over and look at something that's, you know, it's, it, it, it's pretty cool. Let's go over to Luke, the 15th chapter. We'll look at something here in the New Testament. Luke chapter 15, prayer to the prodigal son. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 15. Hallelujah. Let's start reading in verse 11. And he said, Jesus speaking here, and he says, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would, um, and he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swines did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, it's good to come to yourself, Hallelujah. I really like this term because sometimes, sometimes I might just preach on this because there's a lot in this term when he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and to pair, uh, of my father's house have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. See, he came to himself. So he made a right decision, a right choice. He went back to what he knew that he should do on the inside. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. So repentance was on his heart. He knew that that was, that was going to be a key to getting to where he needed to be for restoration to take place. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, verse 20. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And of course, all these things, if you've ever heard any teaching on these, all these have great value. These are of great value, and each of these things uh, uh, symbolize things in our lives. And, and, and bring hither the fattered calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this was my son, this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they begin to be married. Was there any judgment or condemnation there at all? No. Now his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house, and he heard uh, music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. 
And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, thy father has killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in, therefore came to his father, uh, uh, came his father out and entreated him. And he answered to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time. It is just like the enemy, how he come in and bring lies, lies to us sometimes that's not true, okay? Because he's the father of all lies. I at any time uh, thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid. I might make merry with my friends. For as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with, Harry, uh, with harlots, and hast killed for him the fat, thou hast killed the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. I, it was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again. And was lost and is found. What a great story of restoration in this in the situation of his his relationship in his family. Now he's going to have to deal with. I don't know. We don't. We're not told what happened. Um, you know, he spent all of his uh, um, his inheritance on that. So he's going to have to work his way back on some things. But the key thing was the restoration back to his family, back to in his heart of someone that loved him, someone that cared for him. Well, guess what? We have a father that loves and cares for us. And one of the biggest lies the enemy will try to tell us is when we miss it sometime is that we can never be loved again. It's time that we come to our senses. It's come time that we come to ourselves, just like he, he did. It's time that we really realize and quit listening to the lies of the enemy. And, and there might be somebody, you might be here in this room uh, this morning, and there's some things that you need to do to come to yourself. You need to quit playing around with some things and just say, okay, I'm going to let forgiveness flow here. I'm going to do it. I don't care if they receive it. I don't care. That's not the part. If you want to go forward and go on and let restoration be a process, there might be some things that you have to do. I really didn't kind of intend to go quite this way, but I, I'm, and, and, and believe me, I love you when I say it, but sometimes there's some things that you're going to have to handle and you're going to have to lay down. And the, and the saying of, well, you don't understand, you haven't been through it, but God has. He wouldn't tell us to do something like this if he hadn't made it possible. And it's time to quit keeping yourself down and keeping yourself under and keeping yourself in a place of hurt where the enemy has a heyday and say, God, have your best. Have your way in my life. Do what you do best. But it's your choice. Nobody can make us do anything we are doing or not doing in our life. So restoration requires something of us. Sometimes it requires a turn, just like it did on his part. Required him coming to himself and, and then acting on it. It's been a joy having you with us today. 
We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.